This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. <sighs> is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is. And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. You know that feeling when you walk into your home, take a deep breath, and feel new? Well, that's what it's like to use Clorox Sentiva. Because Clorox Sentiva smells like coconut, cleans like Clorox, and feels like energy. It'll elevate any cleaning routine to not just clean, but also make every room smell like a tropical coconut getaway. Discover how Clorox Sentiva's powerful clean and refreshing scents can transform your space. Get yours in coconut or other fabulous scents at a nearby retail store. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant, and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the Wind Down Tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. The Volume. Boxing with Chris Mannix is presented by FanDuel. The NBA season is kicking into gear. You guys know I love my NBA, and there's no better place to get in the action than FanDuel. The app is safe, secure, and easy to use. FanDuel has exclusive offers, boosts, and more all month long. When you win, you get paid fast. FanDuel has lots of ways to play, like the spread, money line, over-unders, team totals, player props, and so much more. Jump into the action at any time during the game with live betting. Combine multiple bets from the same game in a same-game parlay and try out same game parlay plus. So download the FanDuel app today using promo code boxing. Start making every moment more. Welcome back to another boxing with Chris Mannix. As always, you can listen to the show live on the AMP app. Just follow Chris Mannix on AMP. This is boxing with Chris Mannix. Oh, somebody punch him in the face. Anthony Joshua is a composed and ferocious finisher. Watch this. Andy Ruiz is the heavyweight champion. Hosted by SI's Chris Mannix. That was my moment. Now with interviews, analysis, and everything going on in the world of boxing. When you have talent, you are given another chance. Here's Chris Mannix. Hello and welcome to the Latin Snake Podcast. I am your host, Sergio the Latin Snake Mora. I've been in on this show enough times to be the host, and I have a special guest here today. He's a... Uh, sports writer for an aging magazine in sports illustrated but i call him chris mannix the reporter chris how are you only one of us is aging at this table right now and it's you i feel aged my soul feels like methuselah you know what methuselah is yes but i don't okay i'm not i don't like to go through literature and with you and that's because i'm poetic mannix i'm poetic with my words if i had your education i'll show you what writing really is <laughs> sergio mora the latin snake Joining me on Boxing with Chris Mannix. Um, Sergio, I've got a whole bunch of things I want to get into with you on the show. We've got Edgar Berlanga signing a new deal with Matchroom. Andy Ruiz with some interesting options over the next uh, few months. Jamal Charlo uh, is uh, apparently coming back. But first, I want to hit one of your sweet spots here. The WBC on Wednesday released in a statement that said, if Jake Paul wins his fight against Tommy Fury next week... The WBC will rank him in the cruiserweight division. Uh, your thoughts on the sanctioning body that once awarded you a title? Yeah, uh, I was giving I was, Jake Paul. A I was ranking. deeply embarrassed to say that I'm I'm part of that 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 lineage, that great lineage of the green belt. 
the belt that Roberto Duran held, Mike Tyson, Sugar Ray Leonard, Thomas Hearns, and now Jake Paul has a potential a potential fight to fight for that same belt with only six fights, and he hasn't fought one real body. It's pathetic, man. It's pathetic, and it's a, a respected organization that's been around for a long time selling out, just like everyone else in media, you included, selling out covering this circus man i'm done with it i'm done talking about it until this man starts fighting real boxers then maybe you can rank them the top you know 100 i mean cruiserweight is cruiserweight is 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 a limited amount of boxers on there so i could see him getting ranked top 50 there's only like 50 cruiserweights so yeah that way but let him fight a real boxer then the wbc and all these other organizations could sell out other than that what a circus, man. What a clown show. I can't believe I'm going to say this, but I agree with you on something related to Jake Paul. I am an unabashed fan of Jake Paul and what he's brought to boxing over the last couple of years. But none of it has been against the quote-unquote real boxers. And the idea that beating Tommy Fury on the backs of a win over Tyron Woodley would Ugh. somehow qualify... Jake Paul for a WBC ranking is ridiculous. It's completely ridiculous. You know what this is, Sergio? If the WBC ranks Jake Paul, that means whoever the WBC champion is can defend his title against Jake Paul because you can't really defend your title against unranked fighters. So this is the WBC trying to slither their way into the Jake Paul universe. Yeah. Trying to get some of that Jake Paul money when he faces, who is the, uh, is Junior Macabu still the WBC champion? No, you know what's going to happen? I'm going to come back. I'm going to make my comeback at Cruiserweight. I'm going to make my <laughs> comeback at Cruiserweight. And I'm going to call, call out Jake Paul. I'm going to be his number one mandatory. This is ridiculous, man. It's, it's ridiculous, man. And, and when that man fights an actual professional boxer, you know, for, for a WBC ranking or whatever it is, title eliminator he's gonna get slaughtered and this sport is just gonna look have a, another black eye and, and the many black eyes that it's had and sergio you know where this is going do you know who is defending his wbc title on the undercard of jake paul against tommy fury no it's junior macabu oh, wow. who's fighting badu jack wow. on the undercard so gee i wonder if Badu Jack beats Makabu, which is certainly possible, or Makabu wins against Badu Jack, you think one of those guys would be more than eager to defend his title against Jake Paul? This is pathetic. Both, it is pathetic. Both. You're trying to get in the Jake Paul business by giving him as a ranking that he's not qualified for. Privilege at its highest. That's privilege. It's at not its Jake Paul's fault, though. It's your sanctioning body. No. It's the WBC. It's their fault. It, it's it's boxing's fault, too, because you guys have splattered his name all over boxing That's media. That, that shouldn't You're be the part case. Of that problem nah, nah, as nah. Well. Bullshit. That should not be the WBC. Then why are you making. Why, why do we consistently bring up Jake Paul on jabs? Why do you write about him and put him on the cover of Sports Illustrated? Not the cover. Why every single time we're talking about this clown, you and every other sports writer are giving him a. a I think a he's doing interesting things in boxing. And I think he's elevating other fighters yeah, in well, boxing. Yeah, well, he just interested his way to a WBC title shot. He did. Of and that's your saying. No, no. That's Mauricio Suleiman and the people who work at the WBC are doing this unilaterally. I got nothing to do with it. it that's took their me, choice. It took me. Over 20 years, 10, almost eight years as a professional you to fight a, a five-time world champion and a great fighter in Vernon Forrest to get my shot at that green belt. And this guy's going to get it just by fighting Tommy Fury. <laughs> Hashtag, that's where boxing is, 2023. He's going to beat Tommy Fury, too, but that's a discussion uh, for another day. All right, uh, I want to jump into the big signing this week, which is Matchroom Boxing wins the Edgar Berlanga sweepstakes. They signed Berlanga to a multi-fight deal in the press release Eddie Hearn and Edgar Berlanga both mention a future fight against Canelo Alvarez. So let's start here. Berlanga signing with Matchroom. Do you think this is a good decision? Really good decision because Matchroom has the dates. You know, a lot of people say you earn with earn, Hearn. And, uh, you know, he Eddie Hearn puts you on the big stage all over the country. And that's what Berlanga needs. I mean, uh, this time, you know, last what last month when we did your podcast, I told you Berlanga needed to get out of New York. He needed to go to the other popular areas, do what they're doing with Tank Davis, you know, extend his popularity. He's a popular Puerto Rican puncher. He's going to sell anywhere in the Latin, Latin based fan base. So 
with Eddie Hearn, I think he's going to, it's going to be perfect, man. They could fight him in Texas. They can fight him in California. They can fight him in Chicago. That power is going to bring a lot of popularity. It's going to bring a lot of eyeballs. And ultimately, if they can move him the right way, and I think Eddie Hearn will do that, I can potentially see him getting uh, uh, a big fight. Okay, let's start with they're not going to fight him in Texas. They're not going to fight him in California. They're not going to bring him to the UK. They're going to be at the Hulu Theater in Madison Square Garden doing fights there because Berlanga sells tickets there. This is not a signing, Sergio. That means Berlanga is going to go on this world tour. He's going to be a New York fighter. But it probably is the smartest decision for him because... Look, he's not ready at this point for a world title fight against the likes of David Benavidez no or Caleb Plant. No I don't way. think he's ready for a Jamal Charlo type. He's just not there yet. Uh, Eddie Hearn, over the course of this year, is going to match him very carefully, probably against top 15, top 20 ranked guys in his next fight, and then move him up the ranks in the hopes that he can get two big wins so that in May of 2023, or 2024, I should say, as Canelo was looking for his next opponent, Berlanga will be a viable option because you and I both know if Berlanga's undefeated and he knocks out a couple of guys, that's not the best fight for Canelo because Berlanga's not on the highest level, but it's one of the most marketable fights for Canelo. Mexico versus Puerto Rico, they could make that fight a monster somewhere in Vegas. If if uh, Berlanga gets back to his knockout ways, but he hasn't knocked out a fight in his last four fights and he's struggled. He's, he's I shown, agree with you. He's shown vulnerability. So look, he, he had what, 16, 17 straight first round knockouts that's the reason everybody was glued on berlanga and that's why his popularity rose so fast but in his last four fights i mean with with fighters like what coceres who gave uh, bj saunders Knocked issues him down uh steve rolls didn't went give the distance yeah i mean you want these guys you're supposed to knock out and he didn't he do tried that. to bite alexis angulo i saw that <laughs> it's crazy. and then uh there was another one that he couldn't stop but these were it's four these, guys yeah damon nicholson i think there you go stop. nicholson yeah. So uh, if he gets back to his knockout ways, but I, I, I'm going to have to push back here. I don't think he just knocks out anybody. He's going to have to knock out a name. It doesn't have to be a former champion. I can see him getting uh, uh, pinned against Diego Pacheco. They're Diego Pacheco. Pacheco those are no, two Pacheco. popular punchers at 168. Both of them are on the same age in the early You're 20s. You're not going to waste Berlang on Pacheco. Well, like Pacheco might win that fight. The winner of that maybe gets. Yeah, a, but Pacheco a, versus Canelo is not as big a fight as Berlanga versus Canelo. They're not going to do that. They're not going to do that. Like just because you're popular in New York doesn't mean that that doesn't guarantee you a you'll fight with Canelo. It means you would make a lot of money. Look, they, they both mentioned Canelo in the press release. Eddie Hearn signed this guy in part because he dangled Canelo as a character. If he can beat not a guy like I love Diego Pacheco, but he's not fighting Diego Pacheco. And I think. Pacheco beats him. So That's what right. I'm saying. You're not going to waste Edgar Berlanga that way. Keep developing Pacheco, who I think is only like 20. Like, there's really no need to rush Pacheco into that type of fight and waste Edgar Berlanga. All right, well, then maybe Berlanga needs to come back and knock out uh, a fighter like BJ well, Saunders. Th this is what, this Saunders is what, wants to fight again at 168. He does. That actually isn't a bad fight. There you go. Let me ask you this. Do you think Berlanga's good? Like, he had the 16 first-round knockouts. Then there were the four decisions. He's still undefeated. But the jury is out on whether this guy is a elite-level fighter. Do you think he is? He's not elite, but he has um, he has a lot of potential. And yes, he's good. Uh, he has he has damn good skill. He, had, he, he the the problem with him was he was pigeonholed in that little that little circle in New York. That's what I'm telling you. What, Why do you keep calling New York a little circle? It's the boxing capital of well, maybe not the no, U.S. You're well, crazy. The boxing it's capital. the mecca. It's the, it's the mecca <laughs> because of the old days of all the greats that fought there. So but, I was in Vegas for that. But but recently, who did you have? Zab Judah, uh, Zab Mike, Canelo Mike Tyson, fought there in Malignaggi. 2018. Uh, like, there's still lots of great Brooklyn. fights there. What are we talking about? There are great fights in New York. AJ fought Ruiz there. Massive fight. I'm talking fight. about New Yorkers from New York fighting there. They, they just stay in that area and they don't they don't branch out. That's what I mean. I'm, I'm not talking about just. I'm talking about a New Yorker only fighting in New York. You think they any need to get every out of there. promoter would? kill and they work trying to kill each other to try to get a fighter that sells tickets in new york they don't grow on trees sergio edgar berlanga does so he's not going to leave new york and he shouldn't leave new york you put him in texas it's a waste of edgar berlanga's popularity it well, just is i think he he made going back to your question amanda I, serrano just fought there going back to your question i think it was the right choice for him to to go with matchroom wasn't he with top rank he was with top okay rank. i think top rank um Moved, moved him, him very right, well. Yeah. Moved him very well, but they moved him to where they wanted him to get better. And they did that by pitting, putting him against fighters that he wasn't going to knock out. So believe it or not, Top Rank did an excellent job with him uh, uh, going the distance because he wasn't going to keep... He wasn't going to keep developing by knocking guys out in under three minutes. So Top Rank did their job. Now Berlanga is going for the money, and that's a smart move. I, I agree. Getting the money, collecting a check. Now we'll find out if he's... 
worthy of that check in terms of his talent uh, in the ring. All right, I want to ask you about Andy Ruiz, the former heavyweight champion who seems to have a couple of options in front of him right now. Ruiz has been in talks for weeks, if not months, for a fight against Deontay Wilder. That is a tremendous fight. Two ex-champions, Ruiz has shown a great chin in the past. Wilder still has that big right hand coming off that win over Robert Hellenius. But we haven't really seen closing level progress in that fight. We haven't seen it get to the finish line. And now the IBF has ordered Ruiz against Filip Hergovich for the interim title. The title, of course, held right now by Alexander Usyk. So Ruiz out there with two options. Which direction do you think he should go? Uh, stylistically, you can't go wrong with either uh, opponent. Uh, Ergovich, I think Ergovich beats Ruiz, but I think Ruiz beats Wilder. Really? Yeah. And I think th- there's only one of those fights that you can sell on pay-per-view, and that's Ruiz Wilder. So whatever's going to make more money for Andy Ruiz, considering that he's he's already accustomed to making you know multi-millions, I think that's the fight that he should go after is Deontay Wilder. Wilder's only lost to the absolute best in Tyson Fury. There's no shame in that. There is no shame in losing with Tyson Fury. Now you go and fight a former champion in Andy Ruiz that's going to be very popular. No matter where you put that fight, it's just like just like our last topic, Berlanga. Andy Ruiz is going to be popular in L.A. or in the South or in Texas or in the East Coast. And then if you match him up with Deontay Wilder, they're just two different contrasting looks and personalities, demographic, fan base. Yes, sign me up. That's the fight that Andy Ruiz should take. I think Ruiz Wilder is certainly the better fight, the more marketable fight. What Andy Ruiz has to decide in the next few weeks is if that fight is going to be made. If PBC can put that fight together because PBC's got a lot of big fights coming up with, you know, you got Ryan versus Tank. Presumably that fight's going to get secured. That's going to happen in April. You've got Benavidez versus Plant. That fight is signed. Great fight. That fight's in March. Errol Spence is going to come back presumably in May. They're investing a lot of money in these pay-per-views. So Ruiz has got to make sure that there's money there for him for a Wilder fight. Guaranteed money there for him uh, for a Wilder fight. Because if there's not, I I don't know that I agree with you that Hergovich would beat Ruiz. Maybe I'm kind of a prisoner of the moment, but... You know, Hergovich didn't look that great against Jaylee Zhang. And I know that they are different types of fighters, but Ruiz's experience, his hand speed, he's going to be a, a problem for Hergovich. Hergovich's not going to be able to walk through him in that fight. So if the money's pretty good, and we'll see what a purse bid turns out, like who bids on it, how much is on the table. But if the money is good, Ruiz needs to strongly consider taking that fight. Because if he wins that fight, he'll at least be a title holder, like an interim title holder. This WBC fight is not for... A title, it's for the mandatory challenge position for the belt that Tyson Fury currently owns. So if I'm Ruiz, like only he knows what the landscape looks like right now, but if he's not sure that there is money for the Wilder fight in June or July, then he's got to hop on this Hergovich fight, try to win that belt, and then he's going to give himself a whole bunch of options after that. I think the the, uh, the risk doesn't match the reward for that Ergovich fight. And with Wilder, I would take you, less. Are you that impressed with Ergovich? Yeah. Like, you didn't, I mean, what did, the Zhang fight was bad. He, he, like, well, yeah, but Zhang He looked has, gassed but, and he. But Zhang is a huge, undefeated, strong fighter with a with a weird timing, southpaw. It, it's a perfect example of why why you can look bad. And Ergovich still got the win. So all that, that's all that matters. It's He beat an undefeated, you know, uh, uh, Olympian. And, and that's all that matters. Now, if Ergovich you know, gives Andy Ruiz issues and beats him, then Andy Ruiz is done there. You know, there's no more marketing him or bringing him back up to a title fight, you know, especially at at, the, at this point of his career. So Andy Ruiz needs to go where the money is, where the biggest fight is, where the more action is, and the more eyeballs are going to attract, and that's going to be only uh, the bronze bomber, Wilder. It's a great fight. Uh, and, and if I was choosing, if all things were equal, I'd absolutely go in that direction. But uh, he's got to make sure that fight's available. Otherwise, jump on the fight against Sergovich, try to win that belt, and then all of a sudden you can challenge Wilder again at some point this summer. That fight's always going to be marketable for him. And then maybe you could force yourself into a fight against Tyson Fury. Like, if Fury beats Usyk, and cross your fingers, I hope that fight happens in April. But if he beats uh, Usyk, you might have to decide, do I want to keep that belt or do I want to fight Andy Ruiz? No, since since Ruiz All of a sudden he's a champion again. Since Ruiz lost to Joshua, they've been moving him right with names. You know, Chris Areola never was a champion, but everyone knows Chris Areola. Luis Ortiz wasn't a champion, but he's still a big dog. 
All right, let's talk about Jamal Charlo, who is coming back. Last seen in the ring in June of 2021, Charlo was on social media this week saying he is coming back and he's going to defend his WBC middleweight title. Sergio, Charlo is still a pretty big name in boxing, but he hasn't looked like an elite fighter in some time. That win over Juan Macias Montiel was lackluster, to say the least. Now he's coming off a two-year layoff. He's, I think, about to be 33 years old. Uh, do you think Jamal Charlo can find his way back to being a top fighter at 160 or 168? At 160, yes, because that division is open uh, for the taking. You know, you have an aging uh, Golovkin there, but other than that, it's open. So 160 is where he should be focused on. But can he compete at 168? Yes, because, what, he's six foot. He has a long reach. He, he can distribute that, that weight to 168 but can he beat a Canelo a Benavides even a Caleb Plant I would say no so can he compete with them yes can he sell and make some money yes but can he beat them I don't think so so 160 I think is where he should campaign and uh you know he he can be the big dog there I mean we know that the Charles like they, they demand attention they like the big knockouts they like the big shows and if they can if they can conquer another division just like at 154 and his brother hey that that that's both those brothers can can become undisputed. Well, Jamel Charlo is, you're right, he commands attention, but part of that is because he's frequently in big fights, and that is a big reason he's gravitated to the level he is today as undisputed champion at 154. Uh, Jamal, look, he, he at 160, he has not faced anyone that really resembles a top guy. The biggest name he beat was Sergey Derevchenko. He has not had what you would call a marquee win since he beat Julian Williams back at 154. That was almost six years ago now. Wow. Um, it's It's been a long time. I just, look, I think boxing's better when it has a character like Jamal Charlo in it. I just have questions about whether he's going to get back to that level. And at 160, like, who's he going to fight? Like, what, if he was not willing to fight, like, and I hate to keep bringing this up, but Demetrius Andrade, like, is he really going to fight Janabek in a title unification no. fight? Is he going to fight I mean, even, like, the fight he should take is Carlos Adamez. Carlos Adamez, again, your sanctioning body, keeps getting screwed over. Like, Jamal Charlo has not defended his title in almost two years. And Carlos Adamez is sitting there as the interim title holder going, when am I going to get my shot or when am I going to get elevated? Like, is Charlo going to fight Carlos Adamez for decent but not great money? Is he going to fight, I mean, like, the middleweight belts that Golovkin has, they're not... You know, Golovkin just gave up his IBF t title. That's going to go to somebody without a huge name. Um, his WBA belt, like, if Golovkin gives that up, is Charlo versus Arislandy Lara, like, a big money fight? That might be the most easy-to-make fight in the WB in the uh, PBC universe, but is that going to pay him the kind of money that he's looking for? I, I don't... And at 168, like, I'd love to see him fight David Benavidez, like, at the end of this year, but... I don't know. There's nothing I've seen from Charlo at this point that tells me he can be competitive with Benavidez. Benavidez is mm. an elite guy at 168. Mm -hmm. and Charlo at 160 has looked good, but not great. So I think the short answer is no, he can't get back to the highest of levels at 160 or 168. No, he can do it at 160 and, and a title. I'm kind of talking myself in that Lara fight too. Like I, if, if Golovkin just, gives it you up. Just, yeah. You just stole the words out of my mouth. Yeah. Lara makes perfect sense. Lara is a former champion. He's been around a long time. He has a name and he's beatable, uh, especially at this point of his career, you know, nearing 40. Um, and, and Charlo, like you said, he likes to take the, these type of fights where they're known, they're 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 aging champions or or they're coming up, and he knocks them out and he beats them. I mean, Char not not for nothing when it comes to uh um uh, it is on the Lara. Look at the fight that he had, fight of the year at one fifty four. I mean, he's become a, a, a southpaw sniper and now he's becoming a banger because he doesn't have the legs to to carry out twelve rounds anymore. So that just falls into Charles. Uh, uh, you know, uh, that it falls into his realm, I guess. Mm. He can he can actually beat a, a, an aging fighter like Laura. But if it was old school Laura, that sniper that can move and, you know, ring generalship, pop that jab in front of him, then I would say stay away. But right now at this point, that, that fight makes the most sense. I'm surprised that he's going back to 160. Like, he's a big guy. <laughs> like, you'd figure he'd outgrow 160 pounds, but I guess he's going to go back there and defend that belt. I mean, it's probably going to be against a really low-level guy 
in his first time back. But if Lara winds up elevated to the full champion at 160, that's a pretty good showtime fight that you could make between Charlo and Lara. 160-pound title unification fight. I kind of like that fight if Golovkin winds up giving up his belts. I still have no idea what yeah, Golovkin's doing. Like that's We talked about this last week on the show, but you know he's given up one belt. I think he's probably going to wind up giving up this second one. And then I don't know what the game plan is for him moving forward. He still wants to fight, but... You know, he's probably going to do his have his next fight without his title belts. I just think that's the most likely outcome there. Um, all right. Big fight this weekend is over in the UK. You've got Lee Wood, 126-pound title holder, full title holder after the mess with Leo Santa Cruz was figured out. He is going to face Mauricio Lara, who has mm. made a habit of, mm. you know, <laughs> beating up Eddie Hearn opponents. Um this is a good fight. I think these two guys are going to go to war. Lee Woods talking about meeting him in the center of the ring. I don't think Mauricio Lara even knows how to box. Heck, he's just going to go brawl with him. Um, you know, Lee Wood could have faced a lot of guys in this fight. You know, coming off an injury, he could have faced a lesser opponent. Uh, smart decision by Lee Wood to take on Mauricio Lara? No, it was not a smart des- decision, but this is what boxing fans want. They want uh, a champions to take big challenges. And whether it was a smart decision, no, but it was a marketable decision. It was uh, it was based on the fans. It was based on the fact that he wants to clean up uh, Josh Warrington's mess. Is the fact that he feels he's the champ and he can take on all com- comers. And what a statement he'll make if he can beat, just not even knock out, if he can beat a fighter of, of this caliber. That, I mean, he's a hard puncher. Lara's a hard puncher puncher he's relentless he's he, he has that style kind of like Isak Cruz you know the pit bull that gave Tank everything he can handle they have the certain type of style where they're always in your chest the, the, the power's not going to be enough to keep them off they know how to cut off the ring they know how to fight on the inside it's going to be very tough very tough for Wood to, to keep them off for 12 rounds that's why I favor Laura to win by by stoppage so is it a smart decision wow okay. no it is calling not a it, smart calling decision. Calling your shot. Lara by knockout. Lara huh? by knockout. Yeah, man. I just think it's the wrong style matchup. I mean, Lara already knows what it's like to go across the pond and fight against a British fighter in British soil, and he's shined. These are the type of fight that these Mexicans wait for, man. They wait for that phone call to <laughs> shock the world, man, and they do it every single time. They, 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 don't, they throw caution to the wind. British wind. I, I can see... You know, look, it's not like Laura is Laura is a uh unbeatable opponent. Like he comes in kind of crazy. Like he throws wild, uh, he puts himself in vulnerable positions. And I think Lee Wood is better equipped to face him than Josh Warrington was. Josh Warrington was always a little chinny, I felt. And Mauricio Lara took advantage of that, just beating him up and Josh Warrington didn't have much coming back in terms of firepower. I think Lee Wood is going to have something coming back. I think he's gonna be able to absorb more of the punishment that Lara's going to dish out. I think he's going to be able to throw... Look, Lara leaves himself open a lot. Even his last fight that we called, was it Emilio Sanchez? But he can take a punch. And the fact that it's not that Warrington was chinny, it's the fact that Lara is a hard puncher. It's, you know, he doesn't have a hard uh, 100% knockout ratio, but he has a high knockout ratio. But if you hear the sound of his power shots when they land and how they affect uh, opponents... You know that that power is real and it's going to carry. I want to see what, how how uh, uh, Warrington's going to act. I'm sorry. Um, um, Wood. Wood is going to act when he gets clipped, man. When he gets hit yeah. in the chin, how is he going to react? And that we're going to find out within the fourth or fifth round. And if he can take that power, then he will win. He will outbox Laura because, like you said, he's vulnerable. But if he doesn't take that that power, which I think he won't, he's going to get stopped. To be fair. Lara's been stopped before. It was yeah, early in his it career. Was early in his career. Took a first round knockout. Early uh, in his career. And it was at that weight. It wasn't like it was at a wrong weight. It got beat by a guy named Elliot Chavez it back in 2018. In his career, but that was only five you know, years ago. You know what? Six rounder? I forget what it was. It was a six rounder. Knocked it was out early first. in his career. I mean, those four six rounders are always dangerous. I don't take that well, seriously. When you get knocked on the first round of it, but how is it the but, number one? But, but he's gone on, on a serious streak. You know. Yeah, and Lee Wood's been knocked out too. Like he was knocked out by I'm going back. It's also around the square. Gavin McDonald in um, 2014. So it's been a long time since Wood was stopped. But both these guys have proven they can get knocked out. I think it's a great fight. Like it's it's a fun, relevant fight for 126 pound title. And the winner of this fight is going to be a player uh, in that division for some of the big fights mm-hmm. that um, that we can make. Uh, last thing for you, Josh Taylor has apparently moved on from his. <laughs> Back and forth with Jack Catterall. Uh, the WBO has ordered 
Taylor to face Teofimo Lopez in his next fight. That's a fight the top rank was already discussing. They promote both guys. So that's an, a relatively easy fight to put together. Um, I asked you about the right move for Lee Wood. Is it the right move for Josh Taylor to pass on the Caterall rematch and go straight into a showdown with Teofimo Lopez? I'm going to keep it real again. Yes. Do not fight Caterall again. Caterall is a wrong style matchup. You found that on the first fight. He's a strong, very short southpaw that just keeps coming. He knows how to fight in compact spurts. He's explosive. He goes to the body. It's the timing that he has. Yes, stay away from Caterall. Every every fighter, every champion faces a fighter where they shouldn't fight him again. After, if they got by the first the first fight with a with a with a dirty win, a, a close win, or even a draw, don't face him again. I had one of those. His name was, uh, what was up? Uh, Elvin Ayala. Elvin <laughs> you talk Ayala. about Elvin Ayala a lot. I'm telling you right now, Elvin Ayala was a hell of a fighter. Put, uh, bring up his box rec. Because okay. he's only, he's only, after he got a draw with me, he went 12 rounds with Arthur Abraham, who was a beast knocking out everyone. He, uh, so Elvin Ayala I gave me a I got called this fight against Curtis Stevens. Stevens stopped him in that, that fight. That was after he It was played, late in his career. Yeah, yeah, later in his career when he got, he was already getting beaten and stopped. But, Oh, Yala was a damn good fighter. So when I got a draw with him and they asked me if I wanted to fight him, I guess I said no. 2007. Sergio and there's no Moore. shame in that because no one ever remembers Elvin well, he Ayala. Out, he got knocked out by Abraham, though, in the last round of that fight. Yeah, but he went 12 he into the 12th rounds. Round. Yes. And that's when Abraham was knocked out. That was a middle out. world title fight. And, yeah, that's when every, that. and that's when everyone was getting knocked out by Abraham. Were you going to fight Abraham if you won that fight? No. No. And I wouldn't have fought him anyway. <laughs> <laughs> I'm telling you right now, and this is this is what it is to be a calculating a decision maker as 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 a boxer and 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 the people that control your career. So no, I, I wouldn't advise him to fight Catterall because he's just a wrong style matchup. Go for the bigger name, Teofimo Lopez, a former undisputed champion, had all the belts. He had he beat Lomachenko. He's a name. That's who you want on your resume, a former champion that's going to still be, sell tickets, is popular. And Teofimo, whether he's still ha having his issues, he, he's still having his personal problems, those are always going to be there lingering. So he's, he's going to be there right for the picking. He's right for the picking. So I think Josh Taylor is an incredible talent, incredible talent, and he should go after another incredible talent that's vulnerable mentally in Teofimo Lopez. So, yeah, that's the fight to make. Uh, you know, I... I somewhat disagree that Teofimo is vulnerable. I think too much was made of how difficult the fight against Sandor Martin was. Like, Sandor Martin is going to be a difficult opponent for everybody. It wasn't, that just, that, it wasn't just that performance, yeah, man. It's, it's, lost it, it's, what he, it's, right, it's his personal life. It's he's got a lot going on there. But there I, don't, I, I think he's capable of bouncing back and being an elite guy at 140. I do. I do believe he has the goods for it. I think uh, a Josh Taylor matchup is a lot better for him than what a Sandor Martin matchup would be. Josh Taylor at least... We'll try to bang with him a little bit in that fight. And that's, you know, I think Teofimo has the size at 140 to be able to do that. I mean, I do. Yeah, I think. but Cambosis banged with him and was able to hurt and drop. There was a lot Teofimo. going on in Teofimo's Well, there was going to be more. There's going to be, that's exactly what I mean. There's going to be a lot of going on. I don't know if there's going to be more. Like he was going through a divorce at that time. He had a bad weight cut at that time. That fight had been postponed like three times. That doesn't excuse anything. He lost fair okay. and square in that fight. But I think he's going to be, I think Teofimo, if he's an underdog in that fight, and he probably will be, I think he's a very live underdog in that fight. But to, to the point of the question, I, I do agree with you. I think this is the right move. To fight Jack Catterall again was for ego, right? And you mm -hmm. know it was because he mm -hmm. dropped all the other belts yeah. just so he could be in a position to defend a title against Jack Catterall. So with Teofimo on the table, it's a bigger money fight. It's a more relevant fight. And it's a better fight for him to potentially win if they fight uh, in June. I feel for Jack Catterall, but... You know, this was around social media. I think Jack Catterall could put it together and fight Regis Prograde. Like, that's a good fight for Jack Catterall. I don't think Prograde's going to, will we'll face the man. Well, I think Prograde backs off on Catterall, then Prograde attack. I, I don't think he will, but Prograde's been begging for a fight. Progray Jack Catterall's a smart. big fight. Prograde's too smart. He's way too smart to, to take to, that fight. To take that, you think fight. Jack Catterall is Muhammad Ali? What are we talking no, I, about? I think here? he's that he's too much risk. What's the reward in beating Catterall? You fight, and it's a it's a marketable fight, fight in the UK. Ruru's been staying busy. Progre's been staying busy. He has nobody can fight. He is manager a hat in hand matter, right man. now. Try Stay to find busy, fight. get paid. How? Wait for Who? the big names. It doesn't matter. Yes, it, it does matter. You don't get paid to fight 15. just anybody. Anyone in the top fifteen? You look. You want to pull up the top fifteen rankings for? Yes, please. The and WBC. I'll you, and I'll tell you right now. I'll play you, matchmaker. So you think? All right, we'll do this right. It now. shouldn't be Ketter. I'll tell you that. A short, strong southpaw that's confident and want, he's just waiting for that phone call to fight a big name and 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 strike again. It's just like Isak Cruz after he fought Tank Tank Davis. 
Why is nobody calling uh, uh, Pitbull I mean, people Cruz out? did. People did. Shakur nobody Stevenson, wants to Shakur fight Stevenson asked to fight him. Yes, he did. Yes, he did. Shakur Stevenson wanted to fight him. Pitbull Cruz said no. Like, all right. That Pitbull's been passing on some fights in the last... That doesn't take away from the fact I, I he's a good fighter. About but that. He did. Shakur Stevenson was publicly calling him out. Yeah, and, but everyone's avoiding Stevenson. Right, well, he's that good. You're, you're, you're speaking two different things. All right. Regis Progre is number one, the WBC champion, right? So you go down the list. You got Teofimo Lopez. Yes. He didn't want that fight. Uh, Sandro Martin. You want Teofimo to fight Sandro Martin? You want to be the next guy no. to get in the ring with Sandro Martin? No. You got Gary Antoine Russell. Who knows? No one knows. No. Okay. No idea there. Jose Zapata. We've gone down that Maybe. route before. Uh, Sergey Lipinets. Oh, there you go. How about that? Jose Ramirez didn't want it. Ryan Garcia's on the list. Arnold Barboza. That's not bad. Barboza's like, a good fight, but I'd rather take Lipinets. Lipinets has more more experience with the bigger names. You know, he's been in there with what uh, Mikey Garcia. So it doesn't matter. He got knocked out by Mikey Garcia. He fought a four division world champion. So mm -hmm. being able to to beat a, a name like that, that makes sense. Steve Barboza, Spark. No. <laughs> you think Steve Spark's great because. Uh, what's his name? Montana Love threw him Montana out the ring. Montana Love threw him out the ring, but no, I don't like that fight. <laughs> Brandon Lee on that list? Now we're back at the bottom half of the top 15. Look, the point is, like, if you think Jack, like Jack Catterall is a good fighter, not a great fighter. And if there's money on the table to fight Jack Catterall and defend your title, you do it. You do it. Nah, I mean, Why wouldn't you? Because it's a wrong style matchup. I'd rather By fight. By the way, WBC I'd doesn't have Catterall ranked. How is that instead possible? Of, instead of Catterall, fight a snooze fest against a nobody. You don't get paid for those fights. Regis Progre has no promoter. I know he doesn't, and that that means more money in his pocket. He's the, still getting, he's still making a lot of money. Would you fighting. like to like Facetime Sam Kitkovsky in here, Regis Progre's manager, oh. and ask him if there's a lot of money out there for Regis right now? It's not. It doesn't take away from what he is, but there's not a lot of money out there for him because guys don't want to fight him. Jose Ramirez said, "Nope, I'm going to go fight Richard Comey." Teofimo Lopez said, "Nope, I'm going to go fight uh, Josh Taylor." You got to go down the list to find guys willing to fight. Regis Progre. He's that much of a beast, man. I mean, he, he, That's why you got to fight Catterall. If there's money in the UK to fight him, you take it. Regis Progre would be the favorite against Catterall. You know that. Regis might be the best guy at one point. Yeah, but then he's going to give up. First of all, he's going to be fighting another southpaw, and that's difficult. And then you're fighting a, a, a Brit in, in, in... No, man, I just... I, I don't know. I just think there's, there's better options. He should stay in the U.S., keep doing what he's doing. He fights whoever they put in front of him. So whoever they put in front of him, here... In, in, in his home home country, I think that's what he should do. I, I, I just, I, look, I'd love to see it. I don't think there's any money for it. Like, maybe you can get Catterall to fight in the U.S. I don't know there if Catterall would do that. There you go. So you'd do it in the U.S. Yeah. Against because Catterall. Then, then at least you would have some some judging in your favor. You know, if you if you go if you go to the U.K. or anywhere in the U.K., you're going to have the fans against you. And, you know, they, they're they rabid fans. They come out in the tens of thousands. Every punch is going to be a new one and all. So you have the fans against you. Then you're going to have the judges against you and the, the, the referee against you. Too much, too many cards stacked against you. So yeah, if Catterall is willing to, to come over here, then that's a different story. All right, you're back to work this weekend. Is that what I understand? Absolutely. Uh, not we're calling, with me, though. We're calling the fight on Saturday. Thank God it's not with you. Thank God. It's you Corey Erdman, a better writer, a better reporter, and a better commentator than you. Shout out Corey Erdman. I'll that's see just, you Saturday, baby. That's just mean. You're mean. We're partners. We're, we're broadcast buddies. They pay me to work with you, my friend. They pay me, and you pay me to be here. That's the only reason I'm here. And when we come back, my conversation with Eddie Hearn. There are some things that are too good to keep a secret. Like how your Amex Platinum card helps you have the perfect trip. I'd like to check into the Centurion Lounge. Or how it seems like you always get those hard-to-snag tables. Ooh, yum. And how you get the most out of select can't-miss events. With access to the Centurion Lounge, Resi Priority Notified, and Amex card member benefits at select events... You'll have to share. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one -on -one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all. But I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one -on -one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. I, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? 
I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Are you tired of your scented cleaning products smelling and cleaning like meh? Then it's time for an upgrade with the power of Clorox Sentiva. With an uplifting scent that smells like coconut, Clorox Sentiva gives you powerful clean like Clorox, but a feeling like being transported to a tropical island retreat. Imagine putting your phone on Do Not Disturb, tuning out all the constant, just the feeling of warm sand in between your toes and a fruity drink in your hand. The ones with the little umbrella. Refresh your home to feel like an all-inclusive vacation by getting Clorox Sentiva. Also available in grapefruit and lavender scents at a nearby retail store. All right, Eddie Hearn is here. Matchroom Boxing, Matchroom Boxing USA. He's got a huge event this weekend in Nottingham. Lee Wood against Mauricio Lara, 126-pound title fight. That's a fight you could watch all over the world on DAZN. And Eddie joins me from Nottingham to talk about that fight more. Eddie, before I get into Wood versus Lara, which I think you're a little crazy for, for doing, um, I, you had a big announcement this week. Edgar Berlanga was signed to Matchroom. Edgar, of course, 168-pound contender, undefeated, 20-0, and 0, uh, popular guy, does sells good tickets, sells a lot of tickets in New York. Uh, this was a guy that a lot of promoters were after, whether it was PBC, Golden Boy. Um, what was it you think that you know got him to sign with you? What was the the, the carrot in your mind that, that pushed you over the top? I think it was a, a few things, really. I mean, obviously we've got a good reputation. You know, we, we deliver for our fighters. We pay people on time and we, we, uh, we don't lie. And that's quite rare in boxing. And and that, that, that that's a tremendous, those are tremendous digs right there. You just stuck. You just gave a PBC dig there with, we pay on no, time and no. that little bit, a little bit, a little oh, bit. we know what's saying, going on with no, Deontay right now. We little no, bit. Look, at the end of the day, you know, promoters, not paying fighters. He's not, you know, that that's not a dig of the current situation that's historical you know there are so many promoters out there that don't pay fighters on time that you know and and we've never been that that company so that's one thing number two is obviously we have a, a great broadcast deal and a, a great broadcast partner in the zone three we got on really well you know obviously i have a close relationship with keith Connolly. he trusts us as well he's worked with us in the past i just clicked with edgar you know he's a he's a cool guy Obviously, as am I. Um, and we just, we got on. And of course, number four, Canelo Alvarez. I mean, look, everybody around that weight class wants to fight Canelo Alvarez, right? We know that if Edgar Belanga can prove himself as a world-class contender, Canelo Alvarez against Belanga is huge. Long way to go. Got to go through the opposition. But, if you're going to back someone to deliver a Canelo Alvarez fight at the moment, we, we're, you know, we're, we're that, that, that company. So many different things and the ability to headline him in New York, get behind the event, get behind the promotion, give him that superstar attention. And I'm excited. I like this guy. I think he's a big character. He is a big character. Uh, and you alluded to it though. He has to prove that he's a world level fighter. And I think that is an open question with Edgar Berlanga. He looked great. In his first 16 fights, all knockouts. Last four, he's gone the distance. No shame in that. But he was knocked down two fights previously. In his last fight, he attempted to bite his opponent, which got him a six-month suspension. Like, what is the plan for Edgar Berlanga in 2023 to get him to a Canelo fight? Well, definitely less biting. Um, but I, I just think that there was so much hype around the 16 first-round KOs. And then he carried a little bit of an injury. You know, and, and I just think went through the opposition for a couple of different styles. But that's okay because those fights have in, will enable us to get the fights that we need. You know, people believe they can beat Edgar Belanga. You know, it's not like he the last couple of performances have made people think he's Artur Betabiev. You know, he's just, they believe they can beat him. What we need to do is get a top 15 guy or there or thereabouts for the first one. And then we need a top 10 guy for the second one. 
And then we need to start calling out Canelo Alvarez. That's what we need to do. But it's a long way to go, you know. And I know, I mean, you know, Chris, you've been part of those big Las Vegas events. If Belanga can can display the credentials to fight Canelo Alvarez, that's a that's a blockbuster. But, you know, that, there, there's a long way to go for that fight. So, when, but, when do you expect him to make his debut? June. Yeah, beginning of, beginning of June, around that date. Um, you know, and and we want we want one of those guys, world title challenger, top fifteen guy. You know, and I can't give you any names at the moment because we're only just starting to to work towards that with Edgar and the team. Um, but exciting, you know. He's he turned up in a meeting wearing a big mink coat, you know, with a chain around his neck. He's friends with all these big rappers, and you know, he he brings that little bit of a uh, bit of celebrity status as well, and. I like him. I think he's a character. I think he's what boxing needs. He's definitely a character. I think he's got the style. I think we'll see if he has the substance. We're going to find out if you get him in those top 15 fights, top 10 fights. If he wins those, it is a monster. I agree with you against Canelo in a following fight. But I want to see let's see what he's got You know, in these first couple of deals uh, with his matchroom contract. Um, you were photographed recently with Conor McGregor. And uh, you talked about meeting with Conor McGregor, specifically about Katie Taylor, how did that meeting go? It was a wild experience. I mean, like, I'm not in awe of many people, but <laughs> I'm a fan. You know, like, I felt like a bit of a fanboy. Conor McGregor, you know, we I've flown over to Ireland. I've gone down his pub, the Black Forge, right? I've turned up. I've gone to the table over the back. Next thing, I'm trying one of his new... Black Forge Irish Stouts. I'm trying one of his uh, proper 12 apple whiskies. we got steak being cooked in front of I mean, it was just bundles of energy, you know? And all the things that I've seen from Conor McGregor, I mean, it was almost like the same personality I've seen at the press conferences over the years. And just someone with a lot of passion, obviously, for Katie Taylor and for Irish sport, a lot of passion for fight sports, passion for his brands, and yeah, it was just it was a it was a fun day. It was a really fun day. You know, we talked about the problem with um, the the costs of staging a Katie Taylor fight at Croke Park. We talked about you know the probability of of moving that to an arena and then doing Croke Park in September. We talked about his support for the shows via his brands and sponsorships and stuff like that. And you know, it was uh, it was productive. Uh, it was exciting, and you know, I, I think. He's going to be uh, hopefully a help to bring that fight to Croke Park. Unlikely for May, but but certainly for September. So you think Katie Taylor back-to-back fights in Ireland this year? Yeah, I, I think maybe not even leave. You know, I mean, I Katie would always tell you she has another 10 fights to go, you know. <laughs> but right now, she is looking at the undisputed champions. She's looking at Amanda Serrano. She's looking at Chantel Cameron. And she's looking at Alicia Baumgartner. You know, they are three tremendous fights. Um, there are so many great fights to be made in women's boxing right now. And it's so refreshing, Chris, that you can actually make them. Like, I know I can make... Ta- We've already made Taylor Serrano too. I know I could make Taylor Cameron tonight. I could make Taylor Baumgartner tonight. You know? And it's like, it's just so refreshing. And they're delivering every time the fights. It's not like we're making a big fight and it's not really performing. Everyone's a cracker. So it's, it's a great time. You talked about delivering. Can you make Baumgartner Michaela Mayer too? Well, let's just make one thing clear. All right. Michaela Mayer came out recently and said, oh, Eddie Hearn can't afford the rematch. I'm not even looking at the rematch. Like, I'm looking at Baumgartner fighting in Detroit, probably in an undisputed fight. I mean, firstly, she may have to fight Choi if Choi comes out hiding. Number two, like, she wants to fight Chantel Cameron. She wants to fight Katie Taylor. We're not sitting here. We have no problem fighting Michaela Meyer. But Michaela Meyer does not stop talking about that fight. Michaela Meyer, quite frankly, can't actually sleep at night until she gets that rematch. So if you want it that badly, speak to your promotional company and make us an offer. 
it's not like we don't it's a voluntary defense for us it's a big fight i'm like i'm open to it maybe we'll make an offer but it's not like oh you haven't got the money to make an offer top rank paid alicia baumgardner an absolute fortune for that first fight she got more than michaela meyer right she won she's now the undisputed champion you better make sure that next offer is a lot bigger You've got Erica Cruz out there as well. I spoke to her Great last fight. week, and and she wants to stay at one twenty six, but she says she would take on Baumgartner one thirty. You fight. almost owe you almost owe her something. Like she fought incredibly I mean, with that cut. Yeah. You messaged me, didn't you? Like after yeah. the fight, saying I'm doing an interview with Cruz. Someone's got to give her some love, and I'm saying, look, she's like her stock has just gone through the roof. Not a lot of people knew Erica Cruz. Her performance was incredible, and listen, through the halfway stage, I thought she was winning the fight. I didn't yeah, give her many rounds everything. in the back end, but she got cut and, you know, she got hurt a little bit. And, you know, I love Baumgartner against Cruz. I think that's a tremendous fight. Um, but Erica Cruz has a big future. 26, 30, wherever it may be. But I put her in that mix now. Of all, you know, the, those fighters that are willing to take on anyone. And she's going to be in a big fight. So you got a big fight this weekend. Lee Wood defending his full title now. Uh, now that the Santa Cruz stuff is settled against Mauricio Lara. Uh, Eddie, I believe they say the definition of insanity is doing the same thing over and over again, expecting a different result. You put Mauricio Lara in with your champion, or wasn't a champion at the time, but was a champion. Josh Warrington, Lara beat him up pretty good, but it changed the trajectory of his career. And now here you go again with Mauricio Lara against uh, Lee Wood. And Lee Wood is out there saying he's going to stand in the middle of the ring and trade with this guy, which... Doesn't feel like great strategy. I know Lee Wood's a different fighter than Josh Warrington, but you know why? Why make this fight? And what are you expecting in this fight? Well, I mean, firstly, how refreshing is it that you see a champion choose a voluntary defense and be a near three to one outsider in front of ten thousand home fans, right? So for me as a promoter, I love fights like this because, you know, if I'm when when Lee Wood beat Michael Conlon in fight of the year, knockout of the year, whatever you want to call it, I said to Lee Wood, time for you to come back to the arena, have a nice, easy, voluntary defense. And he said to me, I don't really like easy voluntary defenses because that means not mega money. He said, but also I like, you know, I don't really fight well against low level opposition. So I said, what about Kiko Martinez? That's a good fight for you. And he said, with Ben Davison, what about Maurizio Lara? And I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe it. You know, and he said to me, we think that's, you know, Kiko's almost as dangerous as Lara. We know it's a big money fight. And we feel if we beat Lara off the Conlon fight, we'll pretty much be number one in the division. And we think it's, and I, I couldn't believe it. And when he got injured at the back end of last year, People felt like he pulled out of the fight to avoid Maurizio Lara. He chose him in the first place. And when he came back, he went, the only fight I want is Maurizio Lara. I mean, I've just been watching Lara hit pads. Like, this guy is pound for pound one of the biggest punchers in boxing. He's 24. Lee Wood's 34. But Ben Davison and Lee Wood see something in Maurizio Lara. And there are still, Chris, unanswered questions about Maurizio Lara. I mean, I know he walked through Josh Warrington, great performance, but, you know, he's been around. It's not like this guy's just emerged. Like, you you don't just pop up out of nowhere and become a pound-for-pound pound great. He's always had a reputation as the puncher, and he's vicious and he's ferocious. But what happens in deep waters? Lee Wood, I believe, is banking on deep waters. And by the way, Lee Wood can really punch really punch but they both can it's a tremendous fight i mean watch it through your fingers watch it on the edge of your seat bring a spare pair of pants like this is a this could be a classic on saturday night and fair play to lee wood and fair play to Mauricio Lara. you know this is a fight that could turn him into a star no i think i see what wood and ben davison see in that Lara can hit but he's also very hittable like we saw that even in his last fight he can he can get caught coming in with some of these kind of rushes he puts on fighters. And if they're smart, they can land something big against him. But it is a tremendous fight. It's, it's one I don't expect to 
ultimately go uh, to a decision. A uh, couple of things before I let you go. You work with Philip Herkovich. There's an IBF eliminator scheduled at the end of the month with Andy Ruiz. Andy Ruiz is also someone that's been talking about a fight with Deontay Wilder. Uh, I don't know what Deontay Wilder's future is, if he's available to to be worked with with other promoters now as well. Um, how do you think that all shakes out with the IBF eliminator? Is You think Ruiz is going to be part of it? Is Herkovich going to get his shot? How do you see the next few weeks playing out there? Yeah, I mean... Wilder and, and uh, Ruiz are both with PBC. Well, Wilder maybe. I don't know. You know, I've just seen speculation um, out there of him talking to other promoters and stuff. But I was surprised because I, I like Ruiz against Wilder. I think it's a tremendous fight. But it seems like Andy Ruiz wants to move ahead with the Hergovic fight because there's been a lot of discussions, negotiations, emails. been a lot of work put in by Tom Brown around that fight. And it's Perspids next week for that fight. Great fight. Ruiz against Hergovic. So I guess they're going to wait to see what the purse bid is for that fight and decide whether they want to proceed with that fight. The winner is mandatory to Usyk at the moment. See what happens with a Fury fight. And I don't know what Deontay Wilder's going to do. But, you know, I'm not sure either whether Ruiz will, will fight Hergovic. But certainly at the moment, they want to progress with the purse bid next week. Are you in a position where, you know, to make that fight happen, you could aggressively bid on that fight. Is that a fight that you could see Matchroom, you know, getting in on? Yeah, I mean, obviously, it's a good purse split for for Philip Hergovic as well. And Andy Ruiz is a big name fighter. He's a very good fighter. Um, I like the fight. You know, it's almost Andy Ruiz, similar style, Philip Hergovic to AJ. Stand up, European style heavyweight, good jab. You know, decent movement and, and athleticism. But Andy Ruiz is a very good fighter as well. I, I don't think that fight's going to generate the kind of money for Andy Ruiz that the Wilder fight would. But at the same time, you know, maybe they like their position with the IBF. The mandatory is due sooner than the WBC one. Clearly, there's some um, issues with Wilder and, and PBC because I think that fight would have got made otherwise. It's a good fight. So I'm not too sure, but you know, we'll be right in the thick of things. Last thing for you. Um, I want to get your take on kind of the state of boxing on television, specifically in the U.S. I mean, your fights in the U.S. are on zone. We have seen in the last year Fox Sports effectively getting out of the boxing business. There's a shakeup going on at Showtime right now that have led to questions about what its business with boxing will look like in the long term. ESPN still does top-ranked boxing, but there's a big NBA contract that's coming up that they're going to have to deal with. There's UFC contracts coming up that they have to deal with. It, it just seems like boxing, in a way, is is in a perilous position when it comes to broadcasting, especially in the United States. How do you see it? How do you see boxing's future in, in terms of where of broadcasting, where it lands, and and how it's distributed? I think um, boxing's a great survivor. You know, there's always broadcasters who want to be involved in a boxing business. Some come and go. Some stay around forever. New ones pop up. And, and it just keeps evolving. Right now, DAZN in America is by far in the best position it's ever been in, in terms of subscriber numbers, in terms of loyalty from from fans and subscribers in terms of content schedule value for money everything we love our position at the moment we love it you know um showtime i don't know about the rumors you know i, I see the numbers on showtime and, and the viewership numbers are dwindling in comparison to to what they used to do and the fights they used to do as well box yeah looks like they're not doing much at the moment espn Great platform, top rank, good promotional company. Got some good fighters. You know, I think they're doing solid numbers and we'll see. Um, we focus on our own business, which is very secure and has great potential in America. Um, we know the Canelo Alvarez business. We know, you know, the, the Hispanic fights, fight fans are, are extremely passionate and loyal to the service and and we cater for them week in week out with a fantastic global schedule so i think fine chris like we're always under pressure to make great fights like that 
and we have to keep making them. I have no idea what's going to happen with Tank against um, Ryan Garcia. Hopefully, fights like that get made because we need to make sure we make fights like that because it's going to keep the, bo the boxing buzz circling. And, um, you know, really, boxing is, is cyclical. But at the same time, you make one big fight and it's the hottest sport in the world. You know, you go a couple of months without a big fight and it's dying. But boxing, in, in my opinion, is, uh, is very healthy. How strong do you feel the zone's business model is at this point? Because you've spoken about the ups and downs of the last five years and, you know, some of the course corrections you've had to make along the way. Like, as you sit here right now in early February, like, how confident are you in that business model succeeding well, in the U.S.? I mean, it's succeeded already. You know, don't forget, it's been around for a number of years now. We came in, we made mistakes, we signed big names, we readjusted, we realized that many fighters in this space are overpaid in terms of their commercial value. We now have the numbers right with the zone. We now feel like we have the right stable. Another great sign with Edgar Belenga. We really feel like we have the right reputation. And the Twitter space is very aggressive from fight fans. But one thing I stand by is that the value to fight fans on the zone is unrivaled. The global schedule and the value of fights continuously. Now, you look at the schedule upcoming. You know, it's, it's unbelievable. And as a fight fan, I just think it's the most tremendous service. And mo mostly, the numbers always have to work. And I don't, you know, I don't own DAZN, contrary to, you know, speculation. And I, I'm not I'm not DAZN. I'm Matra. but And I can't speak on their behalf. But one thing I can tell you is, the numbers are working. The viewership is working. The subscriber base is where it needs to be. And we feel like we have incredible customer loyalty for fight fans right now. And I believe streaming, you know, app-based value to fight to, to fans in general is the future. And I feel like we're in a tremendous place. Well, Eddie, I'm sure you'll be congratulating somebody on Saturday after Wood Lara, your two fighters fighting for the 126-pound title. Appreciate the time, man, and we'll see you back in the U.S. real soon. Cheers, Chris. Bye, mate. And when we come back, this week's picks brought to you by FanDuel. So this audience knows me as a boxing guy, but... You probably also know me as an NBA guy. And I'm also an NBA gambling guy. That's why I use FanDuel. Because the midway point of the NBA season is here. And now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because new customers get a no-sweat first bet of up to $1,000. That's bonus bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app. It's safe secure and super easy to use then you could bet on everything from the money line to point scores to threes drained plus FanDuel even lets you combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with the same game parlay so don't miss the chance to get your no sweat first bet up to $1,000 in bonus bets when you go to FanDuel.com slash boxing that's FanDuel.com slash boxing think of me as the boxing guy but also an NBA guy FanDuel.com slash boxing to learn more. Make every moment more with FanDuel, an official sports betting partner of the NBA. All right, let me start this segment by telling the audience that my picks are going to get better. I had a tough week last week, and I should have known better. I should have known better to think that Ray Vargas could jump up like two weight classes in a couple of years and beat someone like Oshaki Foster. I blew it. I should have known better. I was watching that fight on Showtime. In the first round, I knew I'd blown it. So I apologize to the audience and to the gamblers that rely on me. I, I take a lot of care in making these picks, and I will be better. I blew that one. I should have done more research on Ray Vargas. I should have known that despite his height, he was not going to be able to compete with the strength of Oshaki Foster. This week, I'm giving you a great bet. I'm giving you an underdog. You chance to make some money. 
Lee Wood, Mauricio Lara, 126-pound title fight over in the UK. Lee Wood is the champion. He is also the underdog, plus 210 against Mauricio Lara. Look, I understand why. Lara is a beast. He is one of the strongest guys in this division, and it was just a couple of years ago he went to the UK and knocked out Josh Warrington. You know, changed the trajectory of his career with that knockout. But Lee Wood, I'm telling you, I, he's not Josh Warrington. Lee Wood is bigger, he's stronger, he's tougher, he's going to throw more punches back. I like Lee Wood to win this fight. Take Lee Wood to win at plus 210. Method of victory, I am predicting a Lee Wood knockout. Plus 370 for Lee Wood to win by knockout. Both these guys have been KO'd in their careers. Uh, both these guys KO'd a long time ago. But I know Lee Wood and his team. I know Ben Davison, his trainer. They wouldn't have taken this fight, which they didn't have to, if they didn't see something in Mauricio Lara that was open. Lee Wood's been very clear. He's coming out, and he's going to rumble with this guy. So I think this fight ends by knockout one way or the other, and I'm predicting Lee Wood plus 370 to win by knockout. This is the week I get back on track, everybody. So take these picks, take them to the bank. These are my picks brought to you by FanDuel. That's it for this week's episode. My thanks to Sergio Mora and Eddie Hearn for joining the show. As always, subscribe, rate, review this podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you download podcasts. And I'll see you next week. This is it. We've got an Amex Platinum Pro on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. We haven't seen anyone relax like this before in the Centurion Lounge. Is he connecting to complimentary Wi-Fi? Oh, my. Look at that. He is... And you will not believe where he's going next. The Amex dedicated card member entrance for the win. Unbelievable. When you get travel perks with Amex Platinum, you're part of the action. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash with Amex. At JCPenney, fashion counts for everybody and everybody. The weather is getting warmer and it's time to swap my winter layers for fun, vibrant and cool clothing with so many fun things happening this spring like Mother's Day and the wind down tour. It's hard to find great looking clothes that fit you just right. That's why I love JCPenney. JCPenney has so many stylish and comfortable options for so many different body types. I've been blown away by their selection and everything hugs my body in all the right spots. Refresh your wardrobe this spring with style that gets you. Something to wear that fits your favorite moments of the season at prices that feel just as good. Discover brands that get you and put style and comfort first, like Worthington and Liz Claiborne for her, each in women's petite and plus sizes. Here, spring comes in all shapes, sizes, and colors. JCPenney, make everybody count. This episode brought to you by 20th Century Studios' Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Director Wes Ball breathes new life into the epic franchise. As a ruthless king attempts to build his empire at the expense of the remaining human race, a young ape begins a journey to fight for a future for apes and humans alike. Kingdom of the Planet of the Apes. Enter the kingdom in IMAX this Friday and theaters everywhere. Get tickets now.